Mulaney, Omaha. Live. You like that? You like that? In the entertainment capital of the world. Rogers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone. It is caught for the win. Richard Rogers with a walk-off touchdown. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Play action. Awesome time. Deep shot for Parker. to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Oh, my goodness, the legend just goes on. The doctor is now in. How you like me now? It is a Friday. It is a football Friday. Glad to have you with us. T.C. Martin live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. No better place to be on the Strip, our Friday home. For the next two hours, it's nonstop sports talk coming your way, streaming live. TCMartinShow.com, coast-to-coast, border-to-border, wherever you may be. And the crew is in the house here today. Double B, Brian Benowitz, Vice President of Casino Operations here at the Cosmopolitan Ballpark. Frank Numchuk here, the quake back in the studio making it all happen here at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas College Football Championship Game Preview today, as well as not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six NFL playoff games. We'll be breaking all of those games down for you here today. Our best bet segment comes up a little bit later on where we pick our three best NFL plays. And, of course, we will have an opinion on the College Football Championship Game side, total. It's all there for you. So very exciting day here at the Cosmopolitan, and one of my favorite shows, guys, as well, because we have the Wild Card Weekend, the enhanced Super Duper Wild Card Weekend, <laughs> and then, of course, we get to talk about the NCAA Championship game as well, too. So, all good. Looking forward to it. Uh, two hours of nonstop football talk here today. And, TC, we might even squeeze in a little bit of hockey talk as we're getting ready for uh, the NHL season to start next week as well. It's a great weekend here at the Cosmopolitan. We're very excited. Uh, Six outstanding, really, matchups in the in Wild Card Weekend, we're used to only having four games. Uh, we got Sean here to tell us all about the Cleveland yeah. Browns and how they're going to move on. And uh, it, it's a, a, a great time. Uh, hard to believe that we, we got here mm-hmm. when, uh, when you look at football and you look at college football especially. But uh, they got it done, and uh, we got some great matchups. It should be an exciting weekend. There you go. And Ballpark Frank, uh, I know he's rooting for his Ohio State Buckeyes. I'll be curious to see if he's going to go heart or if he's going to go you know, money and, 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 and pick Alabama. Uh, he got his bears going, you know, ballpark. Uh, have you been uh, twisting around your picks here? Well, of course I've been, I've been twisting around the picks and I've also been uh, definitely worried about this weekend. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that the dogs are barking this weekend because both my teams are huge dogs in it, but um, you know, it's why they play the game, right? So yeah. we'll see what happens when all is said and done. And, you know, Showtime Sean Porter always lights up a room. But, boy, today he's really lighting <laughs> up the room here. All right. So we've got a great guest uh, lineup here today. Jay Schrader, the former quarterback, the Raider quarterback, the Washington Redskin quarterback, Super Bowl champ. He's going to join us. But join us right off the bat. The grand introduction has got to go to my main man, the two-time welterweight champion of the world. He decided... He's going to cut training. I don't want to say he's going to cut it early, but I appreciate him. He say he got all of his training in earlier today just so he could come on by, be part of this, and I wanted to get his take. We've been talking about this all week, and the crew is going to say, 
you got to have showtime on this week because the Browns are in the playoffs. I said, yeah, we got to do it. So uh, the champ is in the house. Appreciate him wearing his dog pound shirt today yeah. the Cleveland Browns. Showtime, Sean Porter in the house. What is up, my man? Hey, you know, TC, I don't know how long we've been doing this, but as long as we have been doing this, you know how big of a Browns <laughs> fan I am. Yeah. And I got to say, it's been years. So year after year, you're like, hey, what, what are your Browns going to do next year? What are your Browns going to do next year? And, I mean, I really can sit here this season, yeah. at the end of the season, and we're going into the, the postseason and look at you and smile. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Normally I'd be coming up here and we'd be talking <laughs> about everyone else. But to come up here today, man, and, and be able to talk some Browns football is awesome for me. Even more so to talk about how we got here. You know, yeah. when I look back on it, I didn't know if we were going to get a football season at all. And it sounds like a joke, but if we didn't get the Browns this year, if we didn't get football this year, my house wouldn't be what it is, man. Right. I just, I'm a little different when it comes to my football. I got to have my football, you know. So uh, with that being said, man, I'm just happy to be here today and, and happy that we can, we have some football to talk yeah, about. Absolutely. And like you said, a lot of times, you know, we'll have you on during football season, you know, w when you have a fight coming up and then we'll always talk about the Browns. And it's always like, I think I'm going back that it was like after three weeks of the season, it was like, oh, things are looking pretty good. You yeah. know, we're talking about your fantasy football team and all that. Yeah. But then as the season gets later, you're going, <laughs> oh, man, T, don't bring up the Browns. And we, you know, talk about the Indians maybe yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But you're right. But, you know, really, it's. 2020 has been a, a messed up year for so many reasons, the obvious ones, as we know. But really, it's been a pretty good year for yourself. Yeah. I mean, back in the ring, dominant performance. Yeah. Your Browns doing well. So, yeah. yeah. Every Everything, man. I got, uh, I'm, on, I'm, a, I'm a commentary uh, yes. uh, a boxing analyst on NBC now. Right. I've been doing it for Fox now for a couple of years. Right. But now, now they're giving me a shot to do right. ringside commentary, which is awesome, and I love it. And so, you know, in a, in a year where there's been a lot of despair, a lot of heartache, I've been able to manage uh, my household as well as my professional life, uh, and, and everything has been great, you know. So uh, not saying that to gloat, but just simply saying that to, you know, just push some positivity out there with, with everything going on. If you have a mind to stay positive, you will be able to see the light of things right now. And before we get into... Uh, breaking down the games and this other stuff, just on your own personal note, let's also talk about the Porterway podcast that oh, debuted man. this yeah. past year as well. And, yeah. and I get a chance to watch quite a bit of that, and you do a fantastic job. And, yeah. and again, as you've been around this media game a long time, and you go back and say, hey, how long we've been doing this? You and I have been doing this. You've been coming on with me. Basically, we're going on five years. I was, yeah, I was yeah. going to say at yeah. least that. Go, go on, at least go, that. Yeah, yeah, since I, I came back, basically. And, it, and, it, and it's great to see the way you have grown. And not only, uh, you know, in the ring, but then, you know, for someone, and there's no one else out there, honestly, that has been juggling a career, a boxing career, who's yeah. still in their prime like yourself, yeah. and being at the, the forefront and the focus on the PBC broadcast and the Fox broadcast, yeah. and the, you say the, um, the NBC as well, too. But we cannot let this go away, too, because last time we were here... And plus the guys on Family Feud. You know? oh, yeah. and, and, the, and the reason why I'm bringing back the Family Feud, and I think you know where I'm going to go with this, we saw your tag team partner, Ryan Garcia, oh, yeah. just destroy Luke Campbell yeah. last week. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of transition into that a little bit. Sure. So you guys were on Family Feud. Last time we had you on the show uh, about a month or so ago, we, we talked about it, and you kind of told us the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah. It was like the WBC guys against the UFC guys. 
and Ryan Garcia was there, and then you and Ryan Garcia did the money round. Yeah. And then Swain was watching the fight last weekend. Yeah. Hey, that's that's the same guy who's on the Family Feud. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's awesome to have <laughs> so that props. kind of spotlight. Yeah. Uh, for myself and also for Ryan. Yeah. And, and on boxing, um, and I'll give you some more yeah. uh, behind the scenes. What the problem that a lot of people have with Ryan Garcia is. He shows his character. He shows his personality, and he's very good looking. And that just takes so many people by surprise. They don't understand. They can't connect the two. You can be good looking. You can be outspoken. You can be fun and still be mean and and ferocious and and a knockout artist in the ring. And I think that even when he does it against Luke Campbell, people are still saying, this kid isn't for real. But he's for real. The thing is, he's got this personality, and he's just... He's very wild and, and, and fun and, 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 and loud, and it takes a lot of people by surprise, but I, I'm telling you, he's the real deal. He knows boxing. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. You see, he gets knocked down by Luke Campbell in the second round. He gets up, stays composed, gets recovers, and then says, no, I'm coming, I'm coming right back at you. Yep. And then in a matter of rounds, he takes out Luke Campbell. Right. That's what a real fighter does. Yep. But because he's good looking and because he smiles a lot and, and because he cracks a lot of jokes, people don't take him for real. But I'm here to tell everybody right now that and, uh, Ryan Garcia, a lot like the other guys at 130, 135, he is the future of boxing as well. Sounds like you're describing yourself, too. You know, a little bit. Yeah, good, good looking, smile, cracking jokes. I thought he was talking Very, about TC and I personally. Well, that's good, but good point. Too. Well, I mean, at some point, I do, I do, uh, I connect with him, and I, and I and I understand where he's coming from. I mean, you, the the saying is, "Nice guys finish last," and and I've kind of I've kind of embodied that uh, uh, over my career as an amateur and as a pro, and I think that he's that kind of guy right now that the nice guy is finishing last like even though he's had a tremendous knockout against Luke Campbell he's undefeated he's up and coming I mean hundreds of thousands or if not millions of followers now on social media and all that and he still comes in last behind uh Javante Davis to uh Shakur Stevenson uh Tifimo Lopez uh Lomachenko I mean and the list goes on you know he's still finishing last right now but it's only a matter of time before he gets in the ring with those guys and really proves what he has and he's pretty good with the fast money round too right yeah yeah yeah. no he can't he did the fast money round come out and i mean they give me the question and i know he said the answer that i gave you know uh but it was a lot of fun and i think more than anything he he was able to to keep the boxing side the wbc he was able to keep us really loose yeah. and understanding that this is a game show and have fun opposed to be serious and be too tight and, you know, things like that. A lot of fighters are like that. You know, you put us in a competition's a- atmosphere and we get really tight, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we, we're we ready to fight, you know, and, and he was able to keep us all really loose on that show. Yeah. You know, we're seeing a lot of celebrities, you know, well, the game shows all coming back into prime time. Yeah. I, I was watching the other night, you know, Name That Tune came back and then I saw a celebrity Wheel of Fortune last night. Are there any other game shows that you would like, now that you've had a little taste of this, that you could say, hey man, I, you know, Shazam or something, something might, it's might say, hey, I, I might like that. I might it's be good my, at that. I, I've been putting together my my own family food team for a couple of years now <laughs> and, we, and we've joked about it so many times this is who I'm taking, and right. then, you know, somebody says something crazy, and I'm like, nope, you're, you're off the team now, you know? <laughs> and we've done that for so long, and then when I got the call to go on the show, I'm like, hey, uh, who do I pick? Who do I pick, you know? And they're like, no, it's going to be you and the WBC. So 
that really what kind of was my my uh my my my, my list was was okay. family feud so cool. After Family Feud, man, I'm, I'm ready for anything. I tell you what, also the price is right. Yeah. I, I watched that my whole life, you know, so the price is right. I think will be next for me. You see Showtime on the showcase. And there Drew you go. Carey, too, you know, he's from Cleveland. I think, so. true. I think Bob Barker's not on the show anymore, though. No. Yeah. <laughs> Drew Carey's on the show Drew now. Carey's a Cleveland guy, too. Cleveland, right? yeah. That's what yeah. he said. Exactly. All right. Showtime Sean Porter in the house with us, two-time WBC welterweight champ of the world. Well, I know that you have a lot on your plate, but I'm just wondering when you're going to follow Manny Pacquiao's footsteps and get into politics, too, because we can certainly use some help on that, Rome. You know what, man? Uh, for the longest time, I've always said, you know, I'm going to play my role and do what I what I feel I'm, I'm led to do by God and by my family. So I don't think politics is in my future. It's a mess. And uh, and I and I and I just I'm trying to keep a happy home. <laughs> and the message should be stay in your lane, right? <laughs> stay in lane, but more than, more importantly, I think at this point in time, even though we have masks on, yeah. like find a way to smile at someone, yeah. find a way to be generous to someone, and I think that's going to go a long way at this point in time. All right. What's next for Showtime, Sean Porter in the ring? I know yeah. you're training, man. You know, yeah, I'm. Well, you know, I'm training. <laughs> yeah, uh, I got, uh, I got two guys to choose from still. You know. All right. Errol Spence Jr. and yep. uh, and uh, and uh, Terrence Crawford. Manny Pacquiao's out there, but yep. you know, I think he's he's. He's, I think he's busy right now with his politicking. Yeah. I, I'm just glad to hear somebody say not Jake or Logan Paul. Yeah. No, 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 no. And it's gonna it's not going to be that guy, I'll tell you that. It's, it's gonna it's funny, but I'd love to see that. It, it will never happen, you know. And, and um, you know, when so when Floyd did it against Conor McGregor, obviously it made sense. Two combat artists, the best at, at, at what they do, getting in the ring. But it still didn't make sense because you got – an MMA guy with zero experience as a fight as a boxer, getting in the boxing ring and and there's he's helpless against uh, uh, you know uh, arguably mm. one of the greatest of all time you know if not the you know so it didn't make sense and then for 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 for, for uh, Floyd to do it again it just doesn't make sense and you know I think that uh, the Pauls they have a big following social media following and it's gonna carry over but you're not gonna get a real boxing or combat sport following following that 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 uh, that that program mm -hmm. so to speak right yeah so no I won't be getting in the ring with <laughs> with, with Paul with the Pauls at all they're from Cleveland that's <laughs> right yeah, yeah so hey Cleveland's on the map you know and uh, you know I don't I don't I try not to discredit what they want to do yeah. but at the same time I understand that you're not getting in the ring with yeah. the real world champion and now getting in the ring with, with Floyd Mayweather is really is a matter of time of what, what Floyd is going to do. Uh, but for myself, uh, my dad has had conversations with uh, PBC and, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll know something and be able to make an announcement like really soon right. in the next week or so. All right, remember, I'm willing to step up, man. I'm going to broker, broker that meeting with Bob and you. Know. And Bob's not going to lowball you. Trust me. He's going to try. Uh, yeah. He, he's going to do it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I think I put that message out there enough for, for, for it to have gotten back to him at this point to know that, you know, don't lowball me. Oh, I we've do talked want to about fight, it. Yep. But uh, I, I, I don't know if that's the fight, but yeah. I'm, I'm interested. I'll tell you this. The last conversation I had with my dad about two weeks ago, I told him my list, Terrence Crawford, Errol Smith Jr., Manny Pacquiao, in that order. Right. You know, so he knows what I want, and my dad always tries to do the best he can for me. All right. Excellent stuff. All right, yeah. so Showtime Sean Porter is wearing the brown shirt. First of all, I want to know, 
how new or recent or old is that shirt you're wearing because it's wearing the bright orange. He's yeah. got the Cleveland front. I see the number 80. That's not a Kellen Winslow Jr. brown no, shirt, is it? No, no, oh, no, God. no, no. It's not that old. <laughs> exactly. It, it is uh, Juve, Juice, Jarvis Landry. Yeah, I knew it. And uh, okay. I bought it about, I think, two years ago. Okay. I actually just snatched the tags off today. So <laughs> it's been hanging up. Um, I've been wanting him to sign it, if not send me his jersey. So right. we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. There you go. What do you think? I mean, we're talking about the wide receiver core there. You're talking about Landry, and we know they've, they've had some issues, you know, with COVID. And those yeah. guys missed COVID. They're, they're back pretty much now. Yeah. But in, in Odell Beckham, you know, has not been a, a, a part of this. Give me your take on him. <clears throat> Let's even go back. When he came to the Browns, your thought, and him just as a player and his fit into Cleveland, and now no one's even been talking about him for the past three, four months. Yeah, a friend pointed out to me that he doesn't tweet, he doesn't say anything mm -hmm. about the Browns at all since he's been hurt. And I, I do find that to be kind of strange, kind of wild. Uh, we've we've been hearing echoes for, for the last two years now that he'll go to the other sidelines and tell those players, like, hey, come get me. You know, we've been hearing that kind of stuff for a long time. When he first came to Cleveland, we saw the connection with him and Juice. Jarvis Landry, again, going back as far as their LSU days and even before that, being preteens playing football together. So, I mean, um, to that point, Cleveland was in a very big uproar and, and ready to embrace uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and bring him to uh, Cleveland. But since he's been there, you just – the energy's not right. And it's unfortunate because – there were some points here this season where he was there to make some pretty big plays. And you see him coming in, too. You're like, okay, if he's able to make some plays, then he'll get comfortable with the Browns. He'll want to stay, and we'll be good. Then you see him, you know, he gets injured. Everyone says, all of a sudden, we're doing much better. I don't know if it's because he's gone. I don't know if the rest of the team says we have to step up because we don't have Odell. Or if it's just the flat out, the energy's different because he's not there. But... We're clicking, and because we're clicking without him, I think if anything you can say we don't need him. Yes, Cleveland wants him. Yes, the organization wants him. I'm hoping he comes back, but if he doesn't, I think it's been proven that we can play without him. From one professional athlete to another, if you could have a conversation with him, especially your hometown team that you care deeply about and know very well and that community yeah. so, that you know so much about, yeah. what would your message be to him? It, simple. Um, and as a professional athlete, my whole thing is I read body language. I can read a guy, feel if, see if he's uncomfortable, see what he likes to do, see what he wants to do. I mean, I can read guys very quickly. You walk in the room and I know you. And I always, since he's come to Cleveland, I've always watched him on the sidelines, especially the games that I was able to attend. That's when you're able to watch him nonstop. He's nonstop moving, nonstop talking. I mean, just these antics. He shows himself to be very uncomfortable, uh, unhappy, and, and very displeased whether he gets the ball or not, whether he's open or not, whether the play is designed to go to him or not. And my thing for him is I simply would tell him, calm down, know your role, <laughs> you know? But more importantly, understand that, hey, there's 10 other guys that have to, have to do this thing too. You'll find your place, but you gotta calm down and work within the system. Everything's not going to be all about OBJ. Mm -hmm. And you can see, even going as far back as to the Giants, he's always wanted everything to be about OBJ. Mm -hmm. I would tell him, everything's not about OBJ, and it's okay. Calm down, 
know your role and fit into it and everything will go the way you want it to. There's so much selfishness that we see, especially with athletes yeah. today. It really yeah. more from the team sport. I think you get that a little bit in boxing, but give a distinguish between, say, the team sports, whether it's basketball, it's football, even baseball, compared to the individual sports, whether it's track and field or boxing, uh, about that. Do you think it's just because, you know, when you're in the team sports, like, say, for example, a wide receiver, you're so codependent on the quarterback and somebody else that that leads you to, you know, the diva uh, aspect and that sort of thing. What do you think it is? It, that's exactly what it is. Um, and, and this is coming from a guy who boxes now, but I played football yep, my entire absolutely. life. Coming out of high school, my, my favorite thing about football was also the thing I hated most. You have to rely on other guys to do their job. Obviously much different when you're, when you're young or in high school opposed to the college or professional ranks. Those guys, you know, you get the elite of the elite, you know, but my whole thing coming out of high school was I got 10 other guys I got to rely on, not just on offense, but on defense. I'm giving it my all every time out. I don't know if they are. And I said, you know what? I'm going to stick with boxing because I know that what I can do and I can control that. And I think a lot of times when you have a guy as elite as OBJ, but somebody's got to toss you the rock. That's a problem, <laughs> you know, or somebody, they, there's five other guys that's got to give that guy time to get you the rock. It's just so, so much that you have to rely on as an elite special player like OBJ that at the end of the day, you're like, you're stuck because you're in a team sport where no matter what, this is, you have to fit into this. And I think that that's where he's coming up short. That's where a lot of guys come up short. The fact that they do have to rely on other guys. You know, your quarterback, Baker Mayfield, Yeah. we see him on tons of commercials now doing a lot of media. But, again, yeah. he's a guy that is, is labeled that way to a certain degree as well, too. Don't know how good of a teammate he is. Uh, we've seen him show great signs of leadership on the field and his yeah. production. I think yeah. one of the reasons why the Browns are in the playoffs. There's no yeah. question. Yeah. Give me your take on, on Baker Mayfield. Well, I mean, you know, I'm going to go back to Juice, Jarvis Landry, mm -hmm. real quick, because you see a guy who – uh, came from the Dolphins. I mean, he was scoring the rock. He was had 1,000-yard seasons, so on and so forth. He comes to Cleveland, and it's not clicking the same. What do they start doing? They start motioning this guy. This dude, this guy goes in motion more than anybody I see in the league. Not, not only that, he's going in motion. He's getting the ball, and then he's tossing the rock. He's, he's getting the ball out of the backfield now, and then he's also going out for passes. He's doing what he needs to do to fit into the system so that ultimately the team wins. And I think that that's what Baker has been able to do now to this point is he understands Kevin Stavansky's system. He likes Kevin Stavansky's system. And he understands that, hey, if I follow these dots, it, it's going to lead us to uh, being successful. It's not about how many touchdowns I can throw. It's about me hitting the open guys, throwing the ball away when I need to, and us ultimately winning at the end of the night. Well, and when you spoke about earlier, when you said you're not sure if they're a better team with OB with with Beckham or not, yeah, I think one of the reasons that maybe they have gelled together a little bit too is because Baker Mayfield now knows that he doesn't necessarily have that one go-to guy, so yeah. he's looking for other guys. So everybody now knows if I work my butt off and get open in that, that I have a chance to get the ball. Yeah, because you know that Beckham's the kind of guy when he goes back to the huddle, he's open on every single play yeah. in his mind. Yeah. so it kind of gives that luxury to spread the ball out a little bit. Mm -hmm. get 
get everybody else more involved in the game. Yeah. And like you said, sometimes that can really help the team aspect of it. We love superstars, yeah. but if everybody's not involved, you're not going to have that team success. And even as, as a quarterback, you have to be able to kind of really put on the brakes and pull yourself back, understanding that, hey, there's five or six other guys I need to get the ball to. I can't force it to OBJ. I can't force it to make him look good. Not because I want to make the play, but OBJ's on my team. I got to make OBJ look good. You know, I got to I gotta get OBJ to rock. He's expecting the, all yeah. those kind of Don't things. Don't want him mad at me. I, yeah, I think, <laughs> I, think it, I think a lot of pressure was relieved from Baker Mayfield once OBJ got hurt. And I think he started to understand that, you know, hey, these, this play action and this rollout passing game is where it's at. And then I got Nick Chubb right behind me. This dude's a workhorse. I'm going to give him the ball every time they ask me to. I'm not even going to audible out of it. I'm just going to give him the ball and watch him work. You know, I, Nick Chubb, I think more than anything, we should probably be talking about him more than we're talking about anyone else You're right. on, Absolutely. on the team. You know? yeah. Well, the good thing is you're going to be here for an hour, so we're going we're to talk about it after the break. Yeah. And we're going to talk about your Browns. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm glad to be here today. I'm glad to be able to talk about the Browns. But, you know, if we, if we do talk about Nick Chubb, let's just talk about a guy who's who's humble and who understands hard work. Yeah. And I think not enough guys professionally understand hard work. You get a guy like that uh, coming out of um, Georgia and comes into the professional ranks but doesn't leave that mentality back in Georgia where he's from. He brings that hard work. I think that too, you know, you talk about momentum. That work that he's putting on day in and day out, not only on the field on Sundays but – beforehand i think a lot of other guys are starting to feed from that energy and it's going to come together i got a really good feeling about sunday night yeah hey i'm a browns fan i'm optimistic <laughs> probably the most optimistic person in the cosmopolitan today <laughs> but with that being said i have a really good feeling about uh sunday and that's even including the fact that we don't have our head coach there who's right. who's also the offensive play caller right yeah and when you talk about a guy like chubb too he's the kind of guy that's a professional like you mentioned because some guys think they've made it once they've made the nfl yeah, yeah. chubb is one of those players that thinks now is when the work really starts yeah, yeah. Uh, i spoke with uh evander holyfield you, i'm sure you right. know his son played mm -hmm. uh right behind nick chubb and, and so he had yep. a lot of uh opportunities to meet nick chubb and all that kind of stuff and he told me he saying that dude doesn't say anything he's just he's the most humble and quietest guy he just comes to work, does his job, and then he goes home. And that's coming from before he – or after he was drafted to the league. I had a conversation with Evander. I said, hey, hey we got Nick Chubb. What do you think he's going to do? He said, oh, man, that guy's going to be solid for you guys. And he's just going to go, go, go to work, do his job, yep. and then go home. He's yep. not going to say much, and he's going to be really quiet and humble, but he's going to get the job done. And to this point, he has now, what, three years into the league yeah. now? I'm sure that conversation was uh, in the green room prior to the family feud, right? No, 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 no. That was, actually, that <laughs> Who, was, he was on the show. I'll go ahead and brag. That was in Kiev, Ukraine uh, at, at a WBC convention. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right. Look at this guy. You're getting way too comfortable with this stuff, man. I mean, he, he, he can now do NFL broadcasts. Can he? He's you know, breaking he, it all down. He didn't, he didn't take a stand on whether Cleveland's a better team without or with OBJ, uh, I think, you know, as we've talked through this, it's obvious they're a better team yeah. with him on the sidelines and not playing and being a distraction. Yes, I agree. They've got a great system there. They've got a young team. They've got two exceptional running backs. They could spread the ball all over the field. If they're healthy, they're going to give uh, the Steelers everything they want on, on, uh, on Sunday night. Right. So uh, 
I think to me it's obvious as you've watched the Cleveland Browns all year, they're better as a team, and this is 100% a team sport. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you said you got to rely on 10 people. I'm watching the, the Cleveland-Pittsburgh uh, uh, rerun from the last time they were in the playoffs up here. Oh, yeah. It's all about staying in their lanes and doing their job. Nick Chubb, he said it point blank. He's an epic professional. He's going to get it done, and he's going to he's going to get back to the sideline. He's not going to embarrass the team. And uh, you know, Baker seems to have matured quite a bit this year. So, uh, I think they're a much better team without him. And I'd, I'd get rid of him next year personally. Showtime, you were about ready to say something. Uh, no, you know what? What I was about to say is you, you just spoke on how comfortable yeah. I am here right. and how I can talk right. football now. But uh, I'm just a little bit different than most guys. I think most guys, hey, you get called for an interview, you do the interview, and that's all. But We've been doing this for five years. I mean, I sit next to you a few times, and and I watch you. I listen to you. There's times where you're doing things, and I don't have to speak, but I'm just listening, and I'm watching, and I'm paying attention, and I'm growing, and I'm learning, you know. So to this point now, I just have to thank you for always inviting me on. You know, you don't know, but every time I say, yeah, I'll come on, I'm just looking at it as an opportunity to get better. Right. You know, I wasn't wasn't looking at it as an opportunity to be on the radio or, you know, be in front of people here at 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 the casino. I just was... Looking forward to the opportunity to get better and learn from yourself. And so, you know, when you talk about the things of me being, yeah. you know, comfortable and really enjoying this too, man, I, I have to thank you for always yeah. extending the invitation because you've helped me get better. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. no, I mean that. And uh, the, the feeling is mutual. Love having you on, as you know, and, and we've talked a lot about this in the past and, you know, how uh, you're groomed for this. I mean, again, you're, you're groomed for it. You, and then I got a, and then I got a question for you. So OBJ doesn't fit with the Browns. It's what it is. We have weapons, and we're a better team without OBJ. Where would you see? Where could you see OBJ going? You know, it's it's tough because the wide receiver position. Uh, I think TC mentioned it. It's like the diva position in the yeah. in the NFL. Uh, you got to get what's valuable for him. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what his contract looks like. Where would he fit in? I, I, I really don't know. Maybe one of these new wide open systems like you see in Arizona, you know, when they got some of their receivers going down. So where there were there more, you know, the ball mm-hmm, flying in the air mm-hmm, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the system in, in, in the Midwest and in where it gets cold weather like that, you need to have people running and doing the things they're supposed to be doing. You're not going to be able to air the ball out as much in Cleveland. You're going to be a little bit more of a short, you know, and, and precise passing game. So. Uh, I don't think he's going to fit with that team. It's been pretty obvious to me. And, uh, you know, may, like I said, maybe Arizona's a fit with, with the Kingsbury. See, the thing about it is when you're dealing with guys like that, the past history shows that they need to be on a veteran team with a veteran coach. Yeah. Okay? And he's been on teams where basically he could run over the coach. And the coach or coaches, his position coach or the head coach, or even the general manager. They don't have a backbone really to stand up to them. And that's why you've seen guys like Randy Moss, another guy, Corey Dillon, another bank, go to New England and say, okay, Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick, then when Tom Brady was there, yeah. they're going to fall in line or else they're gone. Yeah. And, and, and that's where it's worked. So I think he could only succeed if he goes to a team and a franchise like that. And unfortunately, as you know, in the NFL, you – have very few veteran head coaches anymore. Everyone's hiring on the young and the inexperience. And it just, it helps coddle these, these, these divas, these guys. And I know you are the 180 degree opposite of these guys because you're a humble guy. You're a pro, you're get it. You're more mature for your age than a lot of these guys. And it's just, I, I don't know where he could go. Honestly, it'd have to be a system like that you know, and New England's probably not going to be good for another few years. Yeah. But 
Belichick, it, it'd probably say, my way or the highway, and then if he doesn't conform, then he could be out of the league. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult time. That's a great point, bringing up a, a veteran coach like that. Yeah. And But there's, there's very few places where you find stability. Yeah. Maybe Pittsburgh, maybe New England. Other than that, you know, they, they go through coaches very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, you watch that guy dance on the, the logo this, this year. What was his name? Juju Smith-Schuster from yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah. And, and it's all about them trying to get their name and their brand out there, and it's not about the team. And, and this guy will be lucky to be in the league. Somebody's going to take him out if he continues that, that antics because, you know, the, these guys have a lot of pride on defense and on these other side, and he got knocked around in that game pretty good. Uh, so, it, it, to me, they need to be able to settle in. That's kind of like why I like this Buffalo team. I can't name eight players on the team, but boy, I'll tell you what—they play as a team, Fun to and watch. they play hard, and they're yeah. good to watch. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and it's one of the oldest cliches in the sport. You play for the team on the front of the jersey, right. not the name on the back of the jersey. If you're a team player and you look for success and you're that talented, you can still have that team success as well. That's why Jerry Rice is the greatest receiver of all time, in my opinion. Now, I know that Randy Moss and Terrell Owens are saying differently <laughs> these days. Yeah, they had nice stats. How many championships in that did they win? When you can get somebody who has that diva mentality, but they don't have the diva mentality, they also have the team mentality and they still put that first, you're still going to get your success individually when you're that good but if you can have Super Bowl rings to go along with it that's what makes you a true true Hall of Famer right. and, then, and then now now we're looking at Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, the other name that jumps out to me is Antonio Brown yeah. mm-hmm. do you think that the separation there is Tom Brady is the fact that they're going for a Super Bowl championship ring and it could possibly pull it off where he's like hey I'm gonna just ride this wave and know my role or do you do you can you see him kind of getting outside himself at some point. No, I think a lot of that goes for a couple things. One is it's a last chance for him. And being in New England for the limited time that he was, yeah. uh, again, for the most part, he kind of conformed, but just, there just there wasn't a, a space for him. Yeah. And then, again, he learned from that, and he knows that he's kind of at the end of the line here. And with that relationship that he had with Brady, that helped bridge that gap because Bruce Arian said he wanted nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. And Brady said, no, let's give this guy a shot. And as you've seen, and we'll see here in the next few weeks it, what yeah, happens, but... He is starting to get it, and we're not talking about Antonio Brown in the, the stu- stupidity like yeah. Juju Smith-Schuster and this and that. Yeah. So you can only hope that a guy, as he gets older and matures, that he gets it. But I, I think it's those factors, being with Brady and knowing that, hey, this is probably going to be my last stop if I don't square up. Yeah. And, and Bruce Arians is a no-nonsense guy. Yeah. You know, and, and he basically he got Brady in right. gear with that and get them to play within that system yeah. and you don't hear anything down there so maybe you're right maybe you need no. to get a coach that's hey you're going to play it this way or you're out of the yeah. league and this is his last yeah. chance for all right. sure all right great conversation great stuff showtime sean porter in the house brian benowitz ballpark frank tc martin here at live at the cosmopolitan when we come back we will start breaking down the nfl games we'll talk about the ncaa championship game on monday as well and then three o'clock jay schrader is going to join us we'll dive into more of the matchups and our best bet segment coming a little bit later but glad to have you here inside the william hill sportsbook at the cosmopolitan it is the tc martin show football friday this is showtime sean porter you know i'm tuning into the tc martin show one two three four You got to get on up and get over here to the Cosmopolitan. But before you do that, you got to get the William Hill mobile app if you don't have it yet. And whether you're a tourist, you're in town for the weekend, get ready to bet the playoff games, the NCAA championship game, or whatever, the NBA, college basketball, 
Get the mobile app. It is so easy to use. Download on your phone and then get over to one of the great William Hill Sportsbooks, specifically here at the Cosmopolitan. Deposit at least $50. Set up a new account. They will give you a free $50 when you use the promo code TC50. So use that promo code when you deposit money into your brand new account at any of the William Hill Sportsbooks. Use that promo code TC50. Get a free $50 in your account. Double B, you've been talking about it for weekends. Now it's time for you to, to, to get involved. Showtime, Sean Porter. He's starting to get real comfortable with the betting here. There you go. <laughs> free money in the account. Use that promo code TC50. Download it on your phone when you go deposit at uh, the Cosmopolitan or any William Hill Sportsbook. Free money to play with. Free money in the mobile app. This was a tough year. It took me a long time to get going. Not like you out of the gate so fast, <laughs> you know, handicapping these games. But uh, pulling it around now and kind of got a good feel for it going in the playoffs. So All right. should be good. We're on the opposite side this year, this week. So Okay. Yeah, but it should be fun. All right, we're going to be doing our best bets next hour. So before you leave Showtime, you're going to have to pick three NFL games, and then you got to pick a side on the championship game on Monday night. So don't think you're getting off the hook today. I don't have any paper. Yeah. <laughs> you love making these picks. I hate making picks. <laughs> the champ is in the house. Showtime, Sean Porter. All right, he's donning his brown stuff. Great first segment. Uh, let's continue on, and let's, let's talk about this game, the Browns and the Steelers. I've been talking all week. I see it virtually impossible to predict or to handicap because of some of the stuff that you had mentioned. Kevin Stefanski not being with the team. He's basically on Zoom calls. Uh, the Browns facility has been shut down for the you know three of the last four days. They haven't really been able to practice. Baker Mayfield says, you know what, we're going to be okay, even though he's been unable to throw balls to Juice Landry and any other people of that nature. This is a playoff game, and it's the first time for a long time for the Cleveland Browns and that franchise and that city. And the first time I think anybody on this roster that has been in a playoff game, at least as a Brown. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy. And then I started to, you know, all week, and Frank and I have been talking about it. I said, I like the Browns because the Steelers have shown me nothing the last four weeks, you know, especially offensively. And I'm all set to back the Browns, and this stuff happens. I go, I think they might be able to get through this. But then when I hear the two goofballs, Drag racing over in Westlake or Westfield, whatever it was. You heard Westlake. about that? Yeah, Westlake. You heard about that, right? No. You didn't hear about that? I didn't actually. No, I didn't. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about, though, yeah. Westlake. Yeah, that's where a lot of the players live and stuff like yeah, that yeah, in yeah. that area, in the suburb yeah. of Cleveland, right? Those drag so racing. Yeah, so you've got your, your rookie, number 10 overall pick, what, Wills, and, uh, then, oh, you're, and, what? and then your wide receiver, uh, Hollywood, whatever it is, Rashad Higgins. Higgins. Yeah. yeah, they're drag racing early in the morning. Oh shit! They find mar- <laughs> They find they find marijuana. They find a joint. Oh! No! Yeah, in the car. So the policeman pulls them over, makes them pull out, and makes them stomp out the, the the joint, destroy it. It's like, how can this happen? We're talking about maturity. We're talking about OBJ. All of a sudden, but it, you're you're days away from your first playoff game. Please explain this to me. I don't even care. I'm off the Browns. I don't care. I'm off the Browns. I want to be on the Browns. I'm mad at you. (laughs) We do the whole first segment. I mean, I'm over here feeling good. I'm like, oh, I sound pretty good. I sound kind of intelligent. Just keep up. And then you throw this on me. It's a fax. Oh, you know, I, I was I'm waiting a, for him to drop the hammer on you there. I, I was wondering coming up here, I was ruin like, it. On my way coming up here, I was like, you should probably check the news just to make sure you got everything covered. 
I thought I'd be keeping up, you know. Uh, no, my boy TC's got my back. He ain't going to throw me under the bus <laughs> like that. I wasn't going to show him <laughs> under the bus. I'm asking for his help. How, how do I, I, I handicap this game? Well, well what stuck. are they going to do? What's the, what's the immediate verdict for those two guys? Because, I mean, listen, we can't fake the funk. Willis is an, is an absolute uh, great rookie tackle for us, yes. left tackle for yes. us. I mean, he has been great. Mm-hmm. And and Hollywood Higgins, I mean, he he's maybe fourth or fifth in terms of playmaking on the team. Yeah. You know, so you, you those are two big drops right there if we don't have, have those guys a, a part of the arsenal. They're going to play. But, again, what does that do to your locker room? Yeah. Just knowing that, you, okay, you've got the COVID stuff. You I was, able to I mean, practice, I, and then you got this. I was already over here, you know, with my, my optimistic mind making, you know, orange orange juice with, with oranges. <laughs> and I'm thinking, like, you know, hey, they haven't been able to practice, but, you know, they might need some rest right now. You know, they're going up against the Steelers. They've been seeing these guys forever. You know, they, they know the game schemes. They they know uh, the coach and, 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 and Ben Roethlisberger and the team and all that. They'll get it together, you know. But when you when you got something like that going on, it, it, I mean, it adds fuel to the fire, you know. And, and, and that's unfortunate to hear. It's crazy to hear, too. I can't believe it. But, I mean, we, we hear this all the time. You know, whether it's NBA, guys leaving the bubble to yeah. go to Magic City to go get the wings after a funeral. I've talked about Lou Williams. You know, yeah. crazy stuff. I mean, yeah. and we, in, the, in the NFL. But, again, you just, again, these guys, it's just this is a playoffs. And you think you got to be focused. And, you know, a lot of that comes, I mean, from lack of leadership and things of that nature. But, again, Pittsburgh hasn't looked good at all. And the Browns-Steelers game was probably closer than it should have been. Remember, Cleveland was a 10-point favorite in that game that Cleveland had to win to get in the playoffs. Yeah. Pittsburgh says, ah, we're going to rest Roethlisberger yeah. and you know, play James Conner very, very little. Yeah. And they nearly won, the Steelers nearly won that game. Yeah. And a lot of people are, are backing the Steelers in this game, thinking, well, the experience is going to trump you know, the, the Browns and their inexperience. As it should. I mean, we're t- if we talk Lomachenko or Lopez, that fight just happened right. earlier this year. Everyone was saying that this was a fight Lomachenko was going to win solely because of his experience. Mm-hmm. And then here you have it. Right. Uh, Tiafimo Lopez goes out there, not only does the un- un- unimaginable, but Took it to him. the, the, the yeah. way he did it, yeah. and it was like, it was, it was fresh and new and so unexpected. You know, so again, I, I'm going to be optimistic until this microphone is not in front of my face anymore. And with that being <laughs> said, you know, let's 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 think about these Browns being young and being very very energetic and really really excited and happy about a moment and really ready to take on the challenge. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm going to try to bring back your optimism for you a little bit because we were just talking about a knucklehead move that some of the Browns players yeah, did. Yeah. But Juju Smith-Schuster, who we talked about earlier, dancing on teams' logos and that, said he was going to stop that kind of stuff. Now it comes out today, he just said, basically, the Browns are still the same old Browns. So, once again, somebody who said, I'm not going to add fuel to the fire, now giving bulletin board material to Cleveland. So he goes and, you know, maybe that's a positive for him. And they're like, yeah. oh, see, we just beat him regardless of the reasons or whatever. And they still don't respect us. Well, you know, at the end of the day, it is a team sport. But, you know, if that were to happen, again, using the analogy of boxing, it's one of two things that are going to happen. Either you're going to get in that guy's head and make him feel that he is the same old guy and he can't beat you, or you're going to add fuel to the fire and make him and, and fill him up with, with all the right energy, you know. So I got a feeling at this point, I think more than anything, Becker Mayfield's driving the ship. I think we got a, a really good captain right there in Baker Mayfield. I mean, the guy, he's solid, very, very competitive, and he doesn't let down. You know, he's not going to let off his guard. 
and he's going to take this opportunity for everything that it's worth. And I think that that's going to pour out into the rest of the team. All right, the welterweight champ, Showtime Sean Porter, in the house joining us, talking his hometown, Cleveland Browns. Let's look at the, the, some of the other games that you like. I know you follow the NFL very, very closely. By the way, how did you end up doing in your fantasy league this year? Man, I lost the, uh, the semifinals. <laughs> yeah. And this, this is after years and years of basically coming in last. <laughs> my, my, my fantasy football history is unbelievable. See, game one every year, I have the most points of the league through the entire season. And then after that, absolutely nothing the rest of the way. <laughs> This, this year was different. I mean, I was more up than I was down. I think going into the playoffs, I might have been maybe 6-3. and three, And then uh, ended up, I mean, uh, uh, I had uh, the, the right receivers for Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Metcalf. Metcalf. Me- Metcalf and, and the other one. Uh, Lockett. And Lockett, yeah. yeah. And they just drew blanks yeah. uh, that week, and I ended up losing the semifinals. How many so. Browns did you have on your team? Uh, I think only one. That's a, that's a good move. <laughs> yeah. And, and, of course, I got a lot of crap for that the whole season right. by not having any Browns players. But I was kind of willing to dealing with uh, Baker Mayfield right. and, and also Juice uh, Jarvis Landry, okay. too. Okay. So. so look at some of these other games. Uh, who you got your eye on? Ravens and like? Titans. All right. I think that that's an exciting game. I mean, take a look at the the running back that, that the Titans have. I mean, he, who stops him? Who can't stop him? Derrick you know? Henry's a monster, no but doubt. Then you got a you got a freaking superhero yeah. on the yeah. uh, on the, on the uh, Baltimore Ravens team and Lamar Jackson, and then the rest of the team is very very solid. I think that that I think is probably more the more one of the more exciting and competitive games of the week. The okay. weekend, right? No doubt about it. All right. Oh, oh and I gotta say this. Yeah. How did the Washington team get into the playoffs? <laughs> How did they even get, get somebody, in there? Somebody had happen? to get in. <laughs> NFC East. Yeah. How did that happen? As we call it, the NFC least. The I mean, NF- with that horrible the division. The NFC East is just so messy. It, 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 this was the most messy. This the messiest year yeah. that I've seen. And I, I, I was like, this is basically you just close your eyes and whoever you want to get in there is yeah. going to make it. No, it, it's it was a travesty. It was an embarrassment. And uh, I, I hope Tampa does go in there and take care of business. I don't want to talk anymore about the Washington football team. I haven't wanted to really talk about them all, all season long. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, get, get rid of them so we can, yeah. we, we can move on. But, yeah, it didn't matter if it's Philadelphia, Dallas, or the Giants, whoever came out of that division, it, it, it's probably going to be one and done, you're yeah. thinking. I don't know if I'll be back in between them, but how far do you do envision uh, the, Buckeye, the Buccaneers going? That that's a good question. I, here's my problem with the Buccaneers, is that they've beaten one team with a winning record all season, and that was the Packers. Yeah. And they beat the Packers. We'll give them credit for that. But after that, I mean, yeah. this is a team that, you know, a lot of people say they've hit their stride now because now you know they're more healthy than they have been. Gronk is more healthy. You got Brady. It's playoff time, so you got to pay attention. So I think they have enough to get by this week. But you know, they're a number five seed, so the road is going to be tough. They're going to yeah. have to go through. The Saints, Green Bay, I think it's I think it's one win for the Bucks. I'd like to see them go further, but me personally, I, I think it's one one and done, one and, win and done. And ironically, if they do have that one win, they'll still have only beat one team with a winning record. Correct, exactly, <laughs> exactly. All right, Monday night, college football championship. We love talking about that as well too. And you got the home state Buckeyes involved yeah, here. Yeah. What's your take about all the Buckeye controversy you've been hearing about all season yeah, long? Yes, yeah, I mean it's so tough to see them right now at this point in yeah. the game, uh, especially with the the way that they came out on Clemson, and 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 uh, conquer Clemson. 
to be able to not be able to, to be in that championship game and, and not knowing at least if you're going to have all your defensive linemen there. Right. I mean, that's that's just that's a tough pill to swallow there. Yeah. All right. We're looking forward to that uh, as well, too. So I figure you'd be rooting for those Buckeyes, though. Absolutely. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm 100 percent rooting for the Buckeyes. And, and, and of course, uh, Justin Fields. Yeah. I mean, I think it, everything's going to start and stop with him. You know, he's he's got to control the ball. He's got to control the clock. And he's got, he's got to control himself. If he's consistent, as he as he usually is, I mean, I've seen some some games this year where he's been inconsistent. He's got him into a lot of trouble. But if he can stay consistent through this game, control the ball, control the pace, they'll be okay against Alabama. But Alabama's there's some hard hitters over there. Mm-hmm. And he's got to be year. healthy mm-hmm. every year, and they're healthy. That's how, tough. How much did it surprise you, or were you surprised at all? that Ohio State beat Clemson last week, but the way they beat him, 49-20, to 20, a 21-point victory when a lot of people weren't giving him much of a shot at all. I was very much so surprised. Um, I only watched the highlights, so I didn't see the entire game. But from seeing the highlights, I mean, it was amazing. But I think I got to figure that there's some moments in between the big plays and the big highlights where you're seeing the team, the, the Ohio State Buckeyes do something that was just kind of amazing against a team who – I mean, I, I guess we all just thought we're unstoppable at this point. Thought that they were going back to the championship game again this year. And uh, to see the way the, the Buckeyes uh, upset that uh, upset the Clemson Tigers was amazing. All right. Yeah. All right, man. I'm going to make you pick uh, three pro games. Sure. And I, I imagine you're going to take the Buckeyes on Monday. You're going to take yeah, the Buckeyes? Yeah. No, I'm, plus I'm ta- seven and a half? I'm taking the Buckeyes. I mean, right now we're uh, – All right. Let's write them down. Here yeah, we go. I mean, I don't know what I can really uh, equate that to, but right now, uh, this is gonna it's gonna be hard for the Buckeyes. It's gonna be hard to pull out, especially if they're missing their D line. Right. Uh, outside of the Buckeyes, I'm definitely gonna choose the Seahawks against the Rams. Okay. I think that that, that makes sense. I'm I'm gonna take the Ravens over the Titans. I'm I'm interested to see the, if the Ravens are gonna go all the way this year. Yeah. I think we were we were expecting them to last year. Yeah. I want to see them get over the hump this year. And of course, I gotta take my Browns against the Steelers. Uh, that's a given. Um, but even, even though I dropped the bomb on you, with yeah, yeah, you dropped that bomb. <laughs> but listen, man, that, that, I'm not phased. I'm just okay. mad at you. That's all. I'm not phased. I'm just mad at you. It goes from love to being mad at me, just you know, within a segment. You know, that's, there it is. That's a family, too. That's, see, that's true. That's, that's true. true. But that's the true. but the other game, the Saints and and the Bears. Yeah. And, and let me go on record for saying this: I would love to see the Saints win the Super Bowl this year. I would love to see uh, Breeze get another championship before he's done. I don't know if they'll be able to do it this year, but outside of them, my other Super Bowl team that I'm picking are the Baltimore Ravens. Ooh, so you actually think Lamar Jackson can finally win a playoff game? Yes. I'm with you. I mean, they, yeah. they, they've looked great, yeah. not against great competition as of late, but, again, I, I need to – Lamar's got to show me that he can win in the postseason. Yes, yes. Um, it's no secret that the Browns are my favorite team. The Baltimore Ravens are my second favorite team. Yeah. When the Browns moved, I just kind of bounced over to the, to the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. And uh, so it's always been I root for the Browns all year, yeah. and I keep my eye on the Ravens, and then I root for the Ravens through the postseason. So understand the, the, the great greatest part about it this year is I got my favorite team in the in the in the in the in the league in the postseason this year, which yeah. is amazing. And then uh, I'm I'm definitely keeping my eyes on the Ravens as always right. through the postseason. So if they faced each other though, you'd be on Cleveland. It's it's my purple <laughs> Browns against my, my orange Browns, and, and I'm and I'm rooting for Cleveland. All right, Showtime Sean Porter, the two-time welterweight champ of the world.
We appreciate you as always, man, Absolutely. coming by, spending some time with us. And let's uh, let's get you back here during the course of the, of, of the playoffs. Let's do it, man. All right. I'm on. I'm ready. Thank you. Porterway Podcast. Give it a plug. Here you go. Uh, the Porterway Podcast, every new episode drops every Tuesday. Uh, keep listening out for it. The last episode we did uh, to end the year last year, we had uh, we had uh, we had Omar Miller on on the show. We had Bernard Hopkins on the show. Yeah. We had Big E from the WWE on the on the yeah. show. Uh, we're trying to get Ryan Garcia on this weekend yeah. and a couple other great guests throughout this year. You guys keep listening out. It's gonna be a fantastic year for the Portaway Podcast. You got it on YouTube and and every uh, podcast platform. Out there. All right, he follow him on Twitter too. A great follow on Twitter. Show at Showtime, Sean P. All right, brother. Great seeing you. Good luck. I'm rooting for the Browns. I'm rooting for you as you always. It, and uh, appreciate you. you and much love. Thank you, man. Much love. Uh, I'm rooting more for the Buckeyes, but push your Browns. I'm luck not as mad well. at you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hour number one in the books, hour number two coming up. We go from one champ to the other champ, Jay Schrader in the house, the Super Bowl champ, the former Raider, the former Redskin QB. He's going to join us. We got best bets coming up. We're live at the Cosmopolitan Ballpark. Frank, Brian Benowitz, Showtime Sean Porter, TC Martin Show on a football Friday. <laughs>